Hey everybody, this is Johnny Gioelli from Crush 40, and you're listening to the one and only Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sega Lounge. This is already episode 10 of the current season, and it's been an amazing run so far, if I do say so myself. None of this, the great guests, the giveaways, and the great time I've been having doing this show, none of this would be possible without you guys, the listeners. So thank you so much for listening every single week, and if you're new around here, please consider subscribing to the show as I'm working on some pretty cool interviews for future episodes. On that note, let's take a look at the great battle of lounge listening countries. By week 10, here's the top three. Third place goes to the UK, with a big predominance of Manchester. In second place, we have our friends from Sweden. Hello, Sweden. And still in first place, the US of A, with Texas, New Jersey, and California being our top three listener states. Special mention to newcomers Nigeria, United Arab Emirates, Bulgaria, Taiwan, New Zealand, and many, many more. If you're listening from one of these newcomer countries, hello! Thanks for listening. Let me know how to say hello in your native language or something. Anyway, let's get back on track. And getting back on track also means coming back with a new interviewee after last week's live episode that was exceptionally a roundtable. This week's guest is a proper rock star. He's not only a great guy and one of my favorite vocalists of all time, but he is an actual rock star in the literal sense of the word. In the early 90s, his band Hardline topped the charts worldwide. Later that decade, he teamed up with Sega's Jun Sonoi to form Crush 40 and exploded into the ears of Sonic fans everywhere. He is also part of Axel Rudipel's band and, in 2018, released his first solo album as a tribute to the fans and as a way to help out a family friend in need. He's been on the show before, but I used the fact that Crush 40's song Greenlight Ride, the main theme of Team Sonic Racing, had won Radio Sega's Fan Choice Song of the Year award for 2019 to get him back for another chat. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Johnny Gioelli. Hello, Johnny. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hey, bro. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being Thank back you. here on, on the Sega Lounge. It's been a while. Great. It has been a while. Uh, um, great to be back with you always. Thank you. Thank you. 2016 was the last time we spoke. Uh, wow. Yeah. you were. We were one day away from... Um, Human Nature being released. 
Wow. Yeah. David, that's incredible. Yeah. Four years ago. Unbelievable. Years ago. Where did that time go? Yeah. I have no idea. We're I'd like all, it back. We're all younger now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. That's exactly. I go backwards now. When you hit my age, you just start counting backwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's good to be with you, man. Good yeah, to be with great you. Great to have you back. So, um, you, you. you've been you've been an incredibly busy man. Uh, we, we said this last yes. time. You were you are always busy. So, uh, Hardline, Axel, Rudy Pell, uh, Crush Forty. Uh, your own solo project. We'll we'll talk about that in a bit. That was the main reason why you you came on the Sega Lounge last time. Uh, but let's let's go back just a sure. little bit, just a couple of years. Yeah, sure. not not even two years because it wasn't that long ago. You started doing music professionally when you were eleven years old, right? So yeah, let, just right. like yeah. like last year. So yeah, yeah, two years ago. Okay. So, <laughs> Uh, how did that come to be? Were you was that always your dream? Um... Yeah, you know it's it's interesting, man. You know, um, for me, I was actually eight years old when I discovered music, and I have an older brother, and my brother Joe uh, was also in the same group, Hardline, uh, which featured Neil Sean from Journey, the rock group Journey. And when we did our big debut album in 1992, my brother was part of that record, of course. But when he was uh, coming up, he's, he's older than me. He's about six years older than I am. And when he had his friends over to jam in our basement, because that's where we had kept all our equipment. Um, I mean, as an eight-year-old and you see your older brother playing music and having so much fun, I obviously gravitated towards towards that. But... I took it, you know, maybe 17,000 steps uh, farther. I I became obsessed and just um, addicted. Uh, it was my addiction. It's a good addiction um, to music. And I, I recall as, as I'm sitting here, my, my, my father making fun of me because I would just walk around the house with an acoustic guitar. It never left my hand. And while my friends were out, you know, playing and, uh, you know, sports, which I did some of that, of course, I had a normal childhood. Um, I knew at that moment, at eight years old, when I was learning songs like Stairway to Heaven, that I wanted to be a rock star, a musician. Um, I wanted to perform for people. I wanted people to be impressed and happy uh, all at the same time, you know, uh, and it, it's always been my, my quest to make people happy. That for me, that is everything. And so um, I got involved. I started, you know, I had a few lessons, a couple guitar lessons, but then everything else, drums and piano and bass guitar and singing, everything came by way of the big guy uh, who I call God. And so uh th that's how it happened and at 11 years old i started as a uh i continued as a professional musician so the real definition of a professional musician is one that gets paid so once you yeah. <laughs> once you start getting paid you are now a professional and it was 11 years old when i started playing all kinds of venues um from you know south and you know in florida in the united states you know, all the way up the East Coast, and I played all the time, and I was not uh, in school a lot, missed a lot of school, 
which I regret, but um, I had a vision and a goal and, and, and absolutely told myself I would not stop until I, uh, you know, I got my, uh, my, my wish and that was to be a musician, professional musician. So awesome. here I am today. I'm how old am I now? 23, 24 in each leg. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm still going, man. And I love it. And yeah, busy. You said it, man. I am so busy. I always say that I am busy like a one-legged kickboxer. If you can envision what that would look like, that is <laughs> that is me. So, and I love it, man. I love it. I'm up early. I watch the sun come up, and I am going all day until I pass out. I just yeah. keep going. Yeah, you said something that I I I can totally see. You see, you said uh, you wanted to make people happy. Right, that was the goal. Yeah. You're, you're more. When I, I was actually uh, watching a video of you, talking about mm -hmm. um, one voice, the the solo yeah. album that you released sure. a few years ago, mm -hmm. uh, and um, you were talking about it, but you were not just talking. You were at that moment. I, I think without realizing, you were entertaining people. You were. I was. <laughs> I was okay. blown away because I, I when I when I looked at at the time the video has pa had passed and I what 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 happened? I was just starstruck at the moment. So you you're really a good entertainer. That that's oh what, thank you. I don't I, try to be. This is just something that that is is natural for yeah, me. So you yeah. know when you when you're a musician and you're creating music. Of course, you're creating what you envision, you know, kind of, you know, like a painter wants to paint a picture. Uh -huh. It's the same thing, but the desire and the hope is that you connect with someone. So whatever you're feeling and whatever you're writing, you, the ultimate goal and, and feeling is that you, you connect And it makes someone feel a certain way, makes them happy, makes them energized, make, brings them up when they're feeling down. Whatever it is, whatever the emotion is, that's the outcome that I always want to, to achieve. And, and I got to tell you, man, um, just the happiest moments in my music career in my life are when people come up to me and say, you know, such and such a song, you know, live and learn, crush 40. That just, it changed my life. I, it's a lifelong memory for me as a kid. It's this, it got me through hard times. I blah, blah, blah. You know, that's when you are really successful. You know, it's funny. I never really thought about the money of music. I never did. I never said, I want to become a rock star because I want to make millions of dollars. I never thought about that. Never, ever, ever. As I sit here, honest to God, I never thought about that. I only thought about when I play this song on the stage, I hope the people feel it and love it and react to it. And we used to say, too, some of the biggest shows in my career, you know, when I play 50,000, 80,000, 100,000 seaters, when the lights go off and that crowd The noise from that crowd rises like a like a freaking storm, man. That feeling that runs through your body that could power a small city like New York, okay, a large city like New York that could power that energy. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what I live for. Awesome, awesome, great answer, 
great answer. I think we can end this right now. That that's amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. Where's man, the wi- where's the wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, yeah, it definitely shows. Yeah, uh, what you, you just said. Okay, so you you then uh, moved on. We you created Hardline with your brother, right? Uh, at some point, so uh, I was listening back to the last interview we did, um, episode sixty two of the Sega Lounge, by the way, uh, okay. and you said. Um, you went from a, a, a multi-million dollar deal to being gone. So what would happen with Hardline at, at that point that you, you know, just went on a break? Yeah. So it was a timing, uh, it was a timing issue. Uh, you know, we had a very, uh, a very successful album with double eclipse and mm-hmm. it, we sold lots and lots of records. And um, it's today still known as a very, you know, a classic yeah. uh, melodic rock record. But at that time, we were just a little bit too late timing. Um, if that would have come out in the late 80s, it would probably been a, you know, multi, multi, multi-platinum album, I would think. Um, but grunge music entered in the early 90s, bands mm-hmm. like, you know, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. And it, MTV stopped playing music videos i mean that's what it was all about at the time and started doing these reality shows and things and <laughs> and so the market itself uh dried up mm-hmm. and i'll never forget there's a very uh famous uh man in the business not a musician and uh i, w- I won't mention his name but he he was responsible for bands like guns and roses and you know big big metallica and groups like that and he, he told me, he said, MTV is not going to play videos anymore. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, it's over, man. He goes, you guys made a beautiful record, but it's over. And we were like, yeah, right. What are you kidding me? And he was right. It was over. Um, grunge came in and literally just wiped us out. And um, we had a meeting. We were going to do another record. And we had a meeting at the record company. And uh, the record company wanted to make us sound like a grunge band. And we said, absolutely not. That's not who we are. And when we said no, deal was over. So one day you've got eight and a half million dollars and the next day you've got nothing. And that's the business. Yeah. But, you know, I could have certainly said, hey, yeah, sure. I'll conform. I'll, I'll try to sound like a grunge guy. You know, but for me, um, it wasn't me. And I didn't want to do it. So um, bye-bye went the deal. And then, you know, when you lose a big deal like that, it's everything I worked for to, to you know, you need some time. <laughs> you need a little therapy. <laughs> and so, and I, I didn't need like real therapy, but I need time away from the business to try to figure out, you know, what I was going to do. And how, um, how do you cope with that? With, with that feeling, with maybe even well, overwhelming feeling of... of- You know, it's like, uh, being gone like yeah, that. it's just like, it's just like we, how we all deal with things like, you know, loss and, you know, death and divorce and all that stuff. We all deal with it, you know, different ways, but certainly I went through different stages. You know, my first fear again was not the money. My first fear was, am I not going to hear that crowd sound anymore? Am I not going to be in a magazine again? And, you know what I mean? Because those were to, to see yourself in the magazines, like, wow. It's, it validates, wow, I'm worthy. I did it. I got to this place. Um, um, it's very hard. There's, tre- there's a tremendous amount of talent out there that never, ever gets heard. 
you know, even with this thing we call the internet and this, this social networking and all these, these ways for, for new artists to be heard, um, it's still very, very difficult. It's like winning the lottery, you know? So it's, it's probably harder now, right? It's there are harder. so many people. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, when you submitted your music to a record company, um, there was a process to do it and you had to have a lawyer. It's called non-solicited, you know, so you couldn't just send them a tape, a tape. I just dated myself a tape. <laughs> so you couldn't just send them music. There you go. You had to present it through a lawyer. Today, forget it. You know, you put it up on Instagram, you Snapchat, you do this, you whatever. <laughs> I don't even know all the stuff now. <laughs> And so it's a different world. But as far as that loss, I went through the stages, the anger, the depression, the fear that, that we all go through. Uh, because I, at that point in my life, and I, everything I've worked for since I was eight years old, and it's stripped from you, you need some time to figure out, how do I start again? Really, what do I do? How do I even start this again? So for me, it was just taking time away from, from everything and just thinking. And I took quite a few years to do just that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And so you ended up getting other projects and now you're a very busy man. So mm -hmm. everything worked out. Things, uh, what's, what was once old is now new again. And, and music is yeah. no exception to that as well. But uh, you, you ended up working with Jun Sinoy. How did that uh, happen as well? Yeah, so um, I have to remember because you're jogging my memory back to 1998 and I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So <laughs> let me think. Okay, so it was um, – so Doug Aldridge. So Doug Aldridge is a buddy of mine. He's a phenomenal guitar player. He plays in a band called the Dead Daisies now. But he was also in the band, the famous band Whitesnake. Mm -hmm. And June Sonoy knew him, and June was a big Hardline fan, so he was always a fan of my voice. And so June contacted Doug Aldridge. Doug Aldridge um, gave him my telephone number because in the music business, we have a courtesy. We don't just give everybody our numbers. You know, it's like, is it okay if I share your number with him and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just a nice courtesy. Yeah. So Doug contacted me. He said, this, this gentleman named June in Japan works for Sega. And I said, what's that? And he laughed. He said, oh, it's a big video company. I said, okay, cool. And I said, sure, give him my number. And then June and I started talking and I didn't understand any of this. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> video games? No, I don't do video games, man. What do you mean? And then he explained and he sent me music and then we worked together and the rest is history. Okay, the interview's yeah. over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. how I met June and we um and I I'm trying to think and then he flew here, well not here, but I used to live in California, so mm -hmm. he flew to California and that's where I met him, physically met him and we went immediately into the studio to work on Thrill of the Feel okay. um music. So uh and how, how does that work for someone who Uh, is not a, a video game player who is not a video game fan. Um, in your head, was it like um, doing music for a, a movie or something? Or well, good, exactly. So two things. One, I think it worked to my advantage that I wasn't 
intimate with the the game itself because it could have swayed me you know to think a different way musically so the fact was i was given small pieces like a movie so sega and june would send me storyboards and i still have them like i wish i could show everyone i mean they're confidential and they're they're protected but they're really freaking cool they're literally drawings of the scene so let's take like adventure two they um sent me um a particular scene and would draw out each section like literally the characters like sonic and eggman mm -hmm. and they would draw them and then there'd be a little paragraph that says at, at this part of the game you know evil eggman says this does this whatever and then so they built the, they would build these storylines right out of the game and that's the only information i would have and then i would take that into the studio june would send me some music he was like it's got to have this kind of feel at this part in the game and then i would read and then a lot of times i would hand off the big writing to my daughter she was young at that time and i'd say to my katie katie can you read this for dad and tell me what happens in the game and she'd go okay dad well the evil Eggman does this blah 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 and the whole thing I'd, okay i got it and then i'd go into the studio and I would just create. So they would give me just enough information to be dangerous and not too much. <laughs> and that's and that's how I've done every single game. And I have to this day, I have not played one game other than isn't that funny? I know you laugh. I knew you were gonna laugh at me. I have not played one game other than one that I didn't work on, which was the Sonic uh, racing um I can't even see. I can't even uh, remember which one it was. Sonic in Sega All Stars Racing, perhaps. Yes, sir. That's it. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> and that's the only game. And I don't think I'm even on it. But anyway, to this day, um, I leave all the gaming to you guys, and I just focus on what I'm good at because I'm horrible. I tried to play some of these games. I'm horrible. So <laughs> awesome. stick to what I know. And was that the case with um, Thrill of the Field as well? Because that was used as soundtrack to uh, NASCAR Arcade, a racing mm -hmm. game. For that one, did you know what the game was going to be like? and what, or, or did you just write the music and then they used it for the game? So that one, I didn't write the music. Uh, June and others wrote. I was just oh, okay. invited to be the singer. So I was not... Um, I was not close and personal to what they were doing. I was just told that it was going to be an actual arcade, go to mm -hmm. an arcade and sit in the big machine and race. And those musics would that that music would be fired off um, as the games played. That's all I knew at that time. And so, um, yeah, I I didn't I, at that point I still didn't quite understand how massive um, gaming was. Uh -huh. I, I didn't I didn't get it. So I just said, OK, June. Yeah, I want you know, I approved the songs. I want to listen to and make sure I could do a good job singing them. And then I was you know, basically hired um, by Sega to sing on those uh, those songs. Okay. And, and then they became very popular, of course, too. Yeah. 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 But, but maybe that's for the best. The fact that you didn't really know what the games would be like or just had a few uh, ideas right For parts of the script or yeah. storyboards or That's whatever right. uh, yeah you, you you actually uh when it comes to the fans and the sonic fans especially um the first adventure game was like uh, uh, marked a uh, a turning point when it comes to soundtrack 
for, yeah. for those for Sonic games. It was really something different. The the hard rock yes. style of yeah. music for Sonic games was not something that we were um, accustomed to seeing before that. So maybe right. that was a good thing, right? So that was sort of at that point. I I, I have to um, give myself a little tiny pat on the shoulder because that was actually my idea. Um, after the thrill of the feel, the arcade stuff went out, and then we had a you know Crush Forty was not Crush Forty, and we had yeah. a turn change our name to crush 40 but after that all happened i i told june it was it was me who said june to me this is similar to a soundtrack in a in a movie this should be no different sometimes i go see a movie because i love the music in the movie and vice versa and i said i think this is like the perfect marriage of music and the game and i think that fans who love this music will want to play this because they love the music or they want to hear it or whatever so it was it was actually my idea to say let's become the music um and the band behind the these epic games and, and that's exactly what happened i'm really grateful that it did and even to this day i did not understand how massive really is was it still mm -hmm. is you know what i mean i still don't I still have a hard time comprehending how many fans, how many people, how many gamers there are, how many people love this music, love these games. It still blows me away. Yeah. It brings me it brings me to a little short story. You know, I'm talking. I can keep talking and talking. You have all day? Oh, I do. I okay. do. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we can we can but, do multi multiple episodes of this. So, okay. Well, I'll <laughs> keep it short. I promise you I'll keep it short. Uh, honestly, I did a, um, I did a, a, a convention uh, um, called Too Many Games in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. um, Pennsylvania, um, a couple years ago. I, I, I try to do as many events as I possibly can to meet the fans and, and be with the, with, the, with the great fans. But um, I was riding – I was picked up at the airport, and there were a few other um, performers, and um, – um, one of the guys in the van was Caddy, who's a, you know, big YouTuber. And, um, I, you know, me being just my normal self, I said, hello, everybody. My name is, I'm Johnny and uh, I'm the, the singer for, for Crush 40. And the, 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 the van was kind of like one of these little limo vans erupted in laughter. And it was Caddy who turned around and said, we know who you are. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, man." He goes, "Don't you understand who you are?" I go, uh, I, um, "What do you mean?" And he said, "You are epic in gaming. Our childhood, our the best memories of our lives come from." your connection with music to the games like adventure adventure 2 sonic heroes on and on and on and i i literally got to my hotel and i called my wife and i said i think i missed something here and she <laughs> said what and i said let me tell you what happened i said holy crap this is a lot bigger than i really understood so that brings me to today and it's still going and still happening and ah. Uh, yeah yeah very exciting and and we, we all agree that yeah you you were a big part and you are still a big part of our lives uh Thank you. 
not really my childhood, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little bit <laughs> okay. older, but okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but not that old. Okay, so <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the thing that you you came on the the Sega Lounge last time to to talk about, which was sure. One Voice, the One Voice project. We we all love sure. that. Everyone got behind it. Um, you released the album. In the end, obviously, but there was that issue with pledge music. You were not the yeah. only one affected. They went bankrupt. Um, yeah, exactly. A lot of uh, uh, legal stuff that happened. Um, what were the repercussions for the project? Uh, especially, this was obviously a, a project that was something personal to help a friend, Joe Barber. Um, were you, in the end, able to? donate uh, something to Joe and how did that happen? Yeah. So, so what we did that when that was, that was so unfortunate. Um, everyone gave um, so much of their time and money to help Joe. Um, and I'll give you a, a quick report on him also. And um, yeah. And then pledge music went bankrupt and took all of the money which was so illegal because they were using donation money to fund their internal um, expenses, administrative expenses. So, you know, the president, the CEO, the vice president, the you know financial officer and funding all those salaries with our money. It was insane and so horrific um, because not only did uh, everyone donate and lose that, Joe never got it. And I also lost because I not only through donation, but um, all my memorabilia, everything I could put my hands on that I could offer um, in lieu of a you know donation is gone. Uh, it's not gone because it went to you guys, the fans, so that's good. But that money that was paid didn't make its way um, to Joe. Okay. So what we did was, um, I immediately called upon the greatest people in the world, my fans, and said and did a video and said this is what happened and I need to help these people. Please let's do a fund me and we did a separate like a GoFundMe page and everyone again jumped in to help. And so that money um and I don't even know the the end amount but it was fantastic and that money um continued joe's uh rehab uh, work which is so expensive and not covered by any insurance here our healthcare system in america sucks um, i can say that um honestly and openly um and so uh that money went to fund that and also joe was given a uh, uh an opportunity to have an internship with um a very famous news Uh, program Anderson 360 and um, in New York City. Mm -hmm. So how do you take someone who's completely paralyzed and depends on wheelchair and constant care in New York City and work at a big firm? Well, the money that was raised um, from the, the beautiful Sega fans, Hardline fans, Axel fans, everyone, Crush 40 fans, um, did just that it uh it, it provided a special special accommodations it allowed for his uh, parents to um take off from work to to be there and help so it was and it was the most amazing experience for him 
uh, ever. So although it was it was a bumpy ride, um, everything, you know, post pledge music um, and the gracious uh, people um, who who financially, you know, helped made it just a smooth, wonderful experience. And Joe today is finishing college. He graduates soon. And there's lots of new um, trials that he's going to try. But his focus right now, he's such a strong person. We should all learn from him. He said, you know, the advancements will come. And right now my focus is my education and getting, finishing what I set out to do. And that's my college education. And I'm going to finish my studies at university. And then I'll worry about getting my body to work. And I thought, wow, that's that's freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are today. And I just saw, um, I just saw Joe not too long ago and he's, you know, he's, he looks great. He's in great spirits and, um, he has a little bit more movement in, in, uh, his arm, his one arm and his, you know, neck and head, but everything else is still very, it's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It's an ongoing process as well. Ongoing process, you know, and everyone needs to, you know, I'm just so grateful to everyone who helped. I I could stay on this interview and just thank everyone um, for the next, you know, year. So, um, yeah, Yeah. but anyway, that's the situation there. Yeah. So, um, you you said that the fans eventually got their rewards, right? So, but but I'm I'm a little bummed out because I pledged as well. And um, I'm going to play a little voice clip. Uh-oh. From your last interview, <laughs> okay. And there's something that I didn't get as a reward, Uh-oh. and I was really uh, hoping uh, for you to eventually send it to me or something. So, oh, did I forget? Probably someone, someone messed up. Definitely. One other thing, guys, really, really important. She doesn't know this, but Ali Martel, she's actually a massage therapist and very, very talented. And she doesn't know this, but she's going to be giving free massages for anyone who pledges. And she'll also be cooking and cleaning your home for two weeks. I forgot about so, that. Man. As, as okay, a, I'll send her over. As a pledger, I'm I feel I feel violated here. You feel cheated. Yeah, okay. cheated because I never man. got a massage from Ellie. Um, Shout so out to Ellie, by the way. <laughs> That's so funny. She'll be listening for sure. And then I'll get a phone call. Like, I can't believe you <laughs> obligated me to massage the entire fan base for Crush 40, it's, which it's is seven point three internet. million people. Yeah, it's on the uh, internet, so it's never oh, dies that's, okay. that's funny that's funny sorry about that bro <laughs> <laughs> okay johnny before let, let's take a quick break but before sure. before that uh, i have something that i usually um do with my guests which is called quick shots quick shots is not alcohol i'm sorry uh, okay it's just a, a quick fire round if you will uh, i have okay. a few words or expressions or names and what i wanted to do is to uh, think about them really quickly and tell me the first thing that pops into your head when you hear Oh, it. I hate these, David. Okay. You're killing me. The first me. Okay. thing. The first thing. Okay, so, first thing. Oh, so okay. first one. Music. Life. Video games. I'm horrible. <laughs> Jun Sanoi. Wonderful sushi partner. <laughs> we eat a lot of it together. <laughs> Hardline. Continuing. 
Always. My baby. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Epic. <laughs> And the last one. Johnny Gioelli. Grateful. Awesome. Great answer. Whew. That was a Those, great one. Yeah, well done. Don't scare me, man. Yeah, don't this scare was, me. This was Quick Shots with Johnny Gioelli right here on the Sega Lounge. We're going to take a quick break. But, Johnny, when we come back, I have a surprise yes. for you. All right. Oh, I'm going to get it. Maybe I'll get a massage and a Maybe. free house cleaning. <laughs> All right, man. For the I'll, next two I'll weeks. Stand by. Yeah. <laughs> This week's episode of the Sega Lounge is brought to you by Car Boat Plane Vehicles. Look, is it a car? Is it a boat? Is it a plane? Yes! When you need to go to work, shopping, or just race an anthropomorphic animal, Car Boat Plane Vehicles are your best pick. Don't settle for less than a Car Boat Plane. Whether you're flying through the clouds near a sanctuary in the sky or having a race for the ages, go to one of our dealerships and ask one of our representatives for the car boat plane that's right for you. Car boat plane vehicles, the right choice for everyone, including Danica's ass. Warning, a car boat plane is always great, but right now, please stay home and save the races for later. Welcome back, Johnny. Hello. Hey, thank you. It's like we never left. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Johnny, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about music and your busy, busy schedule, but it's time now for the Sega Lounge Challenge. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, boy, indeed. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> Last time you were here, we played a game called Gioelli's Roulette of Rock. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, What, what that was, was I had a few children's rhymes and I asked you to create uh, rock anthems out of those lyrics. Okay. okay. Um, and I thought, in the reaction of the audience, we did this show live, by the way, uh, back then in 2016, and the people went nuts. So I thought, why not uh, keep going with another Duelli's Roulette of Rock? Okay. okay. So I have uh, here four different children's rhymes, uh, songs, okay. whatever. And I'm going to ask you to pick two. I can tell you what they are, and you can pick two, or we can do this at random. And you give me a, a number, and whatever comes out, comes out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave this up to you because I'm already scared. So... <laughs> I'm scared of what the outcome of this is going to be, but uh, so, uh, why don't you just pick and okay, and I'll okay. go for it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the lyrics here. What am I supposed to do, yeah. David, with these again? So uh, last time you were here, you you transformed children's songs or rhymes into rock anthems. Did I sing them? You sang them. 
so <laughs> like right now I sang them? If you want to, if you yeah. if you think you you're up for it. Yeah, of course. You have all four. Yes. Pick the one you you think uh would be the the best um Johnny Duelli rock song, okay. rock anthem. So the first one has to be row 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 your boat. We all know that one, right? Uh-huh. So if I were to rock this one out, should I do it? Sure, go for it. Okay, this one's easy. This one should be like this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. That's the way I would do that one. What That's do you think? Amazing. That's amazing. Okay, next one. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I'm a little teapot. No, I can't do that one. But I can do <laughs> Baba ba, Black Sheep. That would go like this. Ba ba black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. One for the master, one for the dame, one for the little boy who lives down the lane. Just like that. That was amazing. That 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 is actually a rock anthem right there. Very good. Thank you. That's funny, man. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Thank you, bro. Gol is roulette of rock. Uh, back on Ooh. the Sega Lounge, a fan favorite, I'm sure. Uh, awesome. <laughs> judging by everyone's reactions to the first time, so yeah, amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for for You're agreeing welcome, to bro. do this. <laughs> no problem, man. No problem. Awesome, awesome. Okay, we we talked about your solo project. We talked about your uh, uh, hardline project as well. It's it's uh, your baby, as you said. Uh, you yeah. worked with uh, or work still work with Axel Rudipel. What would you say are the differences between doing uh, a Sonic show, however big or small it is, and a hardline or Axel Rudipel show, however big or small it is? You know, I don't really feel any differences other than of course the music is different as mm -hmm. obviously but as far as um you know what i look to to accomplish and uh, it, it's all the same so when i get up on stage i'm just recreating that music the best way i possibly can so to um for everyone to get the the enjoyment out of that song and the memory out of that song So really, um, you know, like Axel Rudy Pell, it's, it, you know, it's the same thing, but it's, you know, more heavy metal music and hard lines, more melodic and crush 40s, more up-tempo fun, you know, gaming memory. But for me, it's all songs. You know what I mean? So I don't really feel like it's a different, like, oh, I have to change my voice to make it sound like this. And I got to, to me, it's just, it's just me on that style song. You know, whichever band is performing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain, but that's, it's, I don't really feel a, a difference. Like, a, okay, now I got to put my skull and crossbones on so I can sound <laughs> a certain way. It doesn't work that way for me. It's just my voice is my voice. And I think it sounds the same on an Axel song as it does on a Crush 40 song. At least I think so. Is there a difference so, when it comes to the crowd, to the audience of those shows, the, the energy from the public? Can you feel any difference? Yeah, well, there, yes. So, um, of course, all anyone that comes out to a show, whether it's an Axel show or Hardline show, Crush 40 show, everyone's excited, of course, to be mm -hmm. at a show, to witness a live show. But um, 
the Crush 40 fans are probably, without question, the loudest, most excited, most grateful um, crowd that I play for. There's no question about it. It's funny. I just reviewed with my family. We were just sitting around because we're we're unfortunately all isolated here in the um, you know in the New York area. Yeah, and was sitting around you know looking through memory stuff, and I came across a Crush Forty show that June and I did in uh, Mexico City. The crowd, when we step out onto the stage, you would think that it was the the Beatles coming to America. <laughs> it was. It's insane. It distorts the microphone. That the the sound of the crowd is so loud that it hurts. And um, so, for sure, the Crush Forty fans are the best uh, fans. Loud and excited. Interesting. That's great. And shout out to Mexico yeah. as well. Yeah, Lots absolutely. Of Sega fans there. One of our oh, good man. friends, Kopke. I think um, Kopke. Uh, actual Manuel was one of the people that I think uh, helped organize the event when you went there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that was a so. that was a memorable show and experience, and um, they all are. I mean, no matter no matter where we go, mm -hmm. uh, this August I'm going to Russia to do a supersonic con in St. Petersburg, and I can't wait. I did a um, a big Axel Rudy Pell performance, two performances, one in Moscow and one in St. Petersburg. And we also played for the Bravo Awards, which is an award show at the Kremlin Palace in Moscow. And um, this is the equivalent of the Grammys. And we were featured uh, in the show and performed. And the next day after the awards show, we did a concert and it was so sold out. I mean, it was ridiculous, thousands of, of people. And I would have to say that half the audience were Crush 40 fans. I mean, it was, I couldn't believe how many Crush 40 fans. So I'm so excited to go uh, back to Russia now specifically to uh, meet Sega Sonic Crush 40 fans. It's going to be cool. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. That will be great. Um, a couple more questions. You, you, I was as you said as as I said before. I was uh, watching the the video that you recorded about one voice. Yeah. Uh, you said something there that I uh, found very interesting. You said I spent countless days and nights in my studio thinking, singing, recording, and making sure I loved it before you, the fans, got a chance to love it. So, this is something that I I think we we mentioned briefly last time you were here uh you have to like or love a song before you put it out there for the public right true yes is that something that always has to happen so if, yeah, if, definitely. if some someone comes to you with an idea with maybe one of your hardline mates or maybe even june or whatever and they say i have this idea i have this song or something and you, you you're not really you don't think it's a great song. You won't do it? You won't record it? Correct. So, yeah, I won't do it. So the way it works for me is, you know, um, being a, a creative left brain person, um, I've got to be in love with what I'm singing about and uh, the execution of, of the actual 
singing part. You know what I mean? It has to, I have to, you know, I get so many people contact me. Hey, would you sing on this song? Will you sing on that song? Can you help me with this album? I'd love to hear your voice on this song. And I have to tell you that 99% of those, I have to say no, because I need to be me um, and I need to feel it, love it um, so that I can do a great job. Um, and then in hopes that it translates to the, to the rest of the world. So, so, so my, my, and, and again, in the first interview, I did talk about this. And so I'm sorry to be repetitive, but I, it has to, I have to write for me, um, first, I have to please, uh, my creative juices myself in hopes that it translates and everyone loves the song. That's the way it works. I'm never thinking because otherwise it would be fake. It would be completely unnatural, plastic junk. Um, if I said, okay, what, what does David want to hear? I think David loves when I, ah, Dave loves when I go high, I'm going to sing really high. You know what I mean? It would just be fake. And I can't think that way. I can't think, well, what, what do the crush 40 fans want? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. So why would I think that way? I know what I want and I know what I feel and I know what I envision. And then the rest just, I, I just do it, bro. And I will tell you, I'll go back to a, to a, to a place we all love the song, live and learn. I literally, after that was all recorded, I contacted June. And I said, June, does this suck? And he, he laughed. He goes, what do you mean? I go, <laughs> uh, is this good? Did I do good? Is it okay? I go, I don't know that this is a good song. He goes, it's great. I go, I hope so, man. I mean, cause that's what I feel. Um, I love it, but I, I don't know. Or, or, you know, you think everyone's going to be happy with it. So that's, I think that's really the perspective that every musician has to come from. I mean, look, I'm not telling musicians what to do by no means, but I think that that is a process um, that certainly has worked for me. So when I go in the studio, I'm not thinking about, okay, what can I sing here that will make everyone like feel this way? No, I, I just don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. I go in, I hear a piece of music and I go, oh, I hear this. I, this is what I hear on top of that. Oh my God. I love the way that makes me feel here. And then I start writing lyrics because it, it comes from a feeling. And then that rest of the process just flows. And some of the best songs um, like Live and Learn, for example, or What I'm Made Of or I Am, um, all came out in minutes lyrically. I mean, five, six, seven minutes just, just comes out. And that's really the way it should be when you're affected by a piece of music or, or something that inspires you. That's the way it should be. It shouldn't be this big thought process. You know, it just shouldn't. Yeah. So. And so you, you sometimes just, uh, if you, if you, obviously, if you're wor working on a game, for example, you have to look at some screenshots or some, yeah. some of the, the script or something. But when you're just writing songs, are there any cases of any songs that you just listen to the, the song, the, the music and depending on how you felt about it, the lyrics just came from there? Yes, that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly correct. Um, and, uh, you know, one of my most favorite hardline songs is a, is a big power ballad called in the hands of time mm -hmm. and, um, inspired by my frustration 
of of um, working so hard and trying to get move forward in the music business, and and my father saying that you know everything in life is it's in the hands of time. Just be patient and keep working and keep striving forward and don't stop, don't stop. He'd say, "Keep going, keep going, boys, keep going, keep going." He'd tell my brother and I, "Keep going." And so when I heard uh, my brother actually wrote that intro um, piece to that song, that just it it immediately ignited uh the feeling and the lyrics for that song and then from there i just uh you know went crazy on it so that happens a lot you know the sound of a guitar or a a certain beat i mean you know yeah look if you're going to go and do a big power workout at the gym um you're probably not going to be listening to uh, you know a love song you're going to listen to something that's pumping you up right so same thing that's and so that's what drives me is usually and that's the way i write uh, incidentally it's been a long time where uh, you know since i've sat down and just had a lyric that i i mean it happens to me sometimes a lot in the car and i have to pull over and talk into my phone and the whole thing so it it happens but not as much as being inspired by a piece of music that's what works for me so when june for example sends me a piece of of uh, of music like hey johnny i wrote this riff what do you think of this i'll immediately write back and go i hear it i hear it let me work on it and then i, I already know i hear a melody i i have a lyric feel and that's just kind of the way it works and and I will tell you, bro, every single time that I'm in the studio, I get scared because I think, is my well, is my water well, my creative well going to dry up today? And it never has. I'm telling you, I'm an old man now. I'm 52 years old and it keeps coming, thank God. The ideas keep coming and I've never sat in a studio and went, I don't know what to do. It just happened. So I know that I was born to do this. And although I took a lot of time off, uh, you know, years ago, and I, um, I, I decided that I, I want to go out making music. I want to put my toes up. Um, and this is my career. This is what I do. And uh, when I put my toes up uh, and it's over for me, uh, it will be music. That would be my that my, my last, uh, you know, career, I'm not going to go into, uh, um, Christmas tree farming or <laughs> snail cultivation. I just, it's going to oh, be my music. You're missing out on a, on a great industry snail cultivating. That's, that's great. Shout out to do. all, to all our listeners that are cultivating snails. Yes, right now. Well, you know what, when I'm ready to slow down, uh, I do have it in the back of my mind. If I ever want to slow down, I would be just like a snail. So um, here's to the snail farmers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we, we, the Sega Lounge is, is big uh, amongst uh, snail farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I doubt it, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't 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 crush my dreams. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so you you worked on Team Sonic Racing. Uh, that yes. was your latest, uh, at least that we know of, uh, Sega yes. project. Uh, how did that happen? And was it a long process be between getting the call, writing the 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 lyrics, recording? Yeah. Well, you know, um, these games are are they're a big deal. For, for Sega company and there's a there's a, pr a big company like that there's a process and um, 
there's legal processes, there's creative processes, there's lots of meetings and, uh, and it takes time. So June had contacted me and said that, um, Sega, uh, was interested in having, uh, me work on that uh, game. And I was so thrilled because it's been such a long time, you know, um, and um, of course, I said, absolutely. What What do you have in mind? And then they, again, that process, they explained what it was. And I think I have to try to recall, I believe I was in Japan. I think June and I met in Japan and we started in the studio together with the, with the riff idea and the basic theme of what the, what the outcome was supposed to be, you know, and, uh, and then literally I start writing lyrics and then we turn the microphone on and I start scatting ideas. Scatting is just sort of like mumbling, yeah. you know, mumble, you know, just like, you know, you're not really saying anything. You're just mm -hmm. scatting and getting everything together there. And so I knew uh, that it was a racing game and I knew that it was, you know, what the basic theme of the game was going to be. But again, I was on a need to know basis and they didn't tell me very much. <laughs> so I just started writing and, um, uh, actually this is pretty interesting for the listeners. Um, I've never had lyrics refused by, Sega, but I believe I did on this one because I I think there were it was the wrong direction it was a little too strong or a little too heavy lyrically. Oh, okay, okay. And I I remember because then we're going back a little bit, so I remember having to rewrite, and that was a little hard on me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa, man, okay. Um. I wasn't thinking that way. All right, now I have to, you know, think a different way. So again, you know, the the, the whole, you know, Sega um, process is that I have to, you know, follow a basic guideline of what they want. You know, like a movie. You know, if there was a love scene in a movie, I wouldn't have a metal song in there. You know what I mean? So I have to follow <laughs> a, an outline, a basic outline. They don't tell me like, okay you have to sing this way, or I want it low, I want it high, I want it mid-range. They don't get involved like that. Yeah, sure. But, but lyrically, they want to make sure that everything is, um, you know, coincides and with the game. So I did do a rewrite. Um, that was a, a tough one for me. I'm like, wow, because again, when you're a creative person and you have an idea and you execute on the idea, when someone comes in and says, oh, no, it's not quite what we were thinking. We needed a little bit more like this, that, and the other. Whew, it throws you for a loop. So I remember that happened. But once we got through that, the rest was just our normal June and Johnny process. We're fast. We don't, we don't mess around. We just know exactly what we have to get done. We schedule it. We work in the studio. Boom. We record. We do what we got to do. So... Um, <laughs> That's how that went, and it yeah. obviously came out uh, pretty well. Yeah, it got great reviews. It won Radio Sega's Fan Choice Song of the Year last Woo! year. So yeah, yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We, we need we need an, an alternative version though. We you need to somehow find the the old the first lyrics, the first version, and uh -huh. record it as that's an a, that's a good idea, an alternative man. version. Yeah, 
That's a good, good idea. We'll have to see if we can make one, that one happen. Day, but that's cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Great. I, I know that I just exchanged, you know, because of this crazy worldwide virus that's going on, this mm-hmm. this COVID-19 that's going on. Um, I was just in touch with June to make sure that he and his family are well. And he did say that he's going to be, uh, you know, writing me to um, – look at a few opportunities together so i'm sure that means um crush 40 live shows and uh, more music and stuff like that which i am so open to to doing and excited to do it i only kick my own butt because back in the day meaning back in the adventure adventure 2 time frame crush 40 should have done a world tour we should have just went and played for the entire world oh yeah what were we thinking? Yeah. Why didn't you, David, why didn't you tell us yeah. what happened there? Why didn't you call me? Exactly. Why? You didn't have my why? number. You didn't have my number, did you? No, I did. I didn't <laughs> back then. No, no, no. The okay. Sega launch came a, a little bit uh, yeah, came down a little the bit road, later. further around, yeah. down the road. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you mentioned the, the pandemic that's affecting yeah. everyone. How has it affected your work? Uh, I know there was an Axel Rudy Pell album coming out. <laughs> But it got well, delayed as well, right? Well, the album, I think, oh, did the album get delayed? You might have more information than I me. think so. so. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what what did happen. So yeah. I had a whole hardline tour uh, mm-hmm. that began. Uh, it was like the, the second. Uh, we call it the second year leg of the album Life, and so April I had to cancel um, that tour, which was I'm so. Uh, it was a UK tour. It was Switzerland, Germany. Anyway, so that got canceled. And then uh, Axe Rudy Pell, uh, the first leg of the tour for May is canceled. So I, I took, I decided prior to these, uh, prior to April, April from Christmas, I was going to take, you know, a bunch of months off. I was going to take December, January, February, March, um, you know, nice solid four months but for me to have April off, May off, and I don't go back out on the road till the end of June, and I hope that still happens, this is too much time for me to sit around. <laughs> yeah. I'm going insane. <laughs> I'm going completely out of my mind. I think everyone in my house wants me to leave. They're like, please leave. So what, what I'm doing, so it has affected my, my life um, you know, greatly with respect to travel, of course, because I yeah. can't can't tour. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm in a very uh, fortunate position where I don't, you know, obviously I don't go to a regular job where I have to get up and drive to a a company and work and come home. So, you know, so nothing's changed. I still wake up and go for a long run and then I jump in the studio or do whatever, you know, moves me for the, for the day. Uh, this morning I woke up before the sun and I decided I'm going fishing. So I grabbed my fishing poles and we have beautiful lakes here in the state of Connecticut. And I did a little fishing and I looked at my watch and said, Oh my God, I've, I've Sega lounge. I got to get home. Exactly. And so <laughs> I, yeah, so I grabbed my stuff and came home. So, um, it's affected a lot of others, a lot worse than, than me. And I'm so yeah. sad for, for those that it's affected them, you know, financially and their workflow and their businesses. And, oh, it's so surreal. Um, I know in my, my, 52 years of my young life okay old life um 
that uh, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Nothing like this. Yeah. These are these are <laughs> weird and unprecedented times, weird. for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. very, very strange. Very, so, very strange. Uh, since you mentioned that, uh, I'm sure you believe just like me <laughs> that um, music can help people go through tough times. Music can yeah. heal, right? Sure. Uh, let's say you could pick one of your songs, wherever, uh, Hardline, Crush 40, whatever. Oh, uh, let's okay. say you could pick one of your songs to serve as an, an anthem, as a message of positivity in these times. What would that be? What well, you... I will tell you, there's one song that hits me immediately that we're actually um, going to be doing a sort of a Hardline remix of a Crush 40 song, which oh. has never been done before. And the song is called Song of Hope. And I released this back when Japan had the big tsunami. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that song with June. I said, June, I want to, uh, let's create the song and then let's donate uh, whatever money's raised from this this song and, and help the people. And we did just that. And um, we're going to redo it with a little bit more of a hard line style and uh, we're actually working on that alessandro and who's um actually was not in italy at the time he was in florida at his recording studio there and we're going to work on it this weekend remotely i'm in my studio he's in his studio and uh, good old skype sessions and we're <laughs> going to remake that song this weekend so if you want to check out song of hope the original crush 40 version that i think is a uh, a good song for what's going on right now because okay. that's what we need. We need hope right now that we can get ourselves, our lives, you know, back to normal. And, um, you know, yeah. those that, that aren't as affected like me, it takes me hearing from someone that's had a tragic event. Like I just learned from guitar player of Hardline, uh, Mario, that one of his good friends just passed away from this virus. And when you hear that, when you're connected with someone who lost someone in this, it's shocking, bro. Yeah. It, it is the reality. Just, it's like a, just a slap on the face. And so I think if everyone checks out song of hope, the original yeah. version, mm -hmm. and then you'll hear the remix very soon. We'll have that uh, announced through our social platforms. Um, uh, probably mid next week. That's a great, that's a great, uh, great pick. So, Johnny, um, it's been a blast. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh, I have you, one more question. It's a question okay. that I uh, ask everyone these days, and that is related to something that Sega did back in the 90s when the Sega Genesis, the console, was uh, a big thing, and the marketing team thought. How can we say that the Sega Genesis is more powerful than the competition? So we're going to come up with a term called blast processing. And we're going to say that the Sega Genesis has blast processing. So in, okay. in, in reality, it really wasn't a thing. It wasn't a real thing. But was that true, bro? Was that it, with the marketing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they oh, wow. came okay. they came up with this uh this blast. term okay. blast processing to say okay. that the Genesis was more powerful than the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um and so my question to you is if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Oh man. <laughs> something blast. that makes something even more powerful, more effective, whatever. 
Blast I think we should have we should have supersonic love. That's what we need right now in the world. Supersonic love. That's my marketing pitch. Where the most powerful love that we can deliver to each person in this beautiful world. That's what I'm all about. That's the processing we need. Yeah. That's a great answer. Amazing. Yeah. You, I'm it's speechless. True. Yeah. It's true. It's really true. Especially these days. We really yeah. need that. Okay. So, Johnny, thank yes, you sir. very much. You're welcome, man. You're it, welcome. Thanks for having really me. It was really great to, to uh, talk to you again. Um, and you're welcome to come back anytime. And I am, I'm always there for you guys and all the Sega Lounge listeners. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you always for your support. How many years since 1998 we've been doing this? So, you know, most of you uh, have been uh, around. Some weren't even born in 98. But anyway, uh, thank you for your continued support um, for Crush 40 and for the, the entire gaming industry, all the events that we attend. And I hope to see a bunch of you in um, St. Petersburg. That would be awesome. August 15th and 16th. What a blast that's going to be. And so I look forward to the next lounge event with you, yes. David. So thank yes. you, bro. And, and more children's songs. Or maybe yes. not. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. You're welcome, bro. What a great song. Song of Hope by Crush40. And what a great guest. Thank you so much to Johnny Gioelli for coming back to the Sega Lounge. And a special shout out to Ali Martel, his assistant, for being all around awesome and helping me out with scheduling and other matters. Rock on, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. 
I know I'm never looking at Papa Black Sheep the same way ever again. Next week, I'll be back with a brand new interview. I'll be heading to Japan, sadly not physically, but virtually, to talk to Mineko Okamura of Grounding Inc. and Takumi Yoshinaga of Sega of Japan, two of the people involved in the original Space Channel 5 and the recent Space Channel 5 VR game. We'll have a special giveaway as well, so don't miss it. Again, thank you very much for listening. Please consider subscribing to the show if you haven't done so yet, and feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, Podchaser is still holding a campaign donating 25 cents to Meals on Wheels for every review that you leave on any podcast, and an extra 25 cents for every reply by said podcast. An extra incentive to review us by going to podchaser.com slash thesegalounge, right? And as always, go to thesegalounge.com for every other episode of this show. Let's all do our best to get through this together. Have fun, stay safe, stay strong, and stay home if possible. I'll be back next week. Bye-bye! The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to kc at radiosega.net. Follow us on Twitter at The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.